This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. live on Joy 94.9 Saturday afternoon from noon via the live stream at joy.org.au forward slash listen live or tune your wireless in Melbourne to 94.9 FM. Afternoon. This is Techno Gaze here on Joy ninety four point nine, the show where we gaze into the world of consumer electronics, gadgets, and technology. Thank you, Ben Ryland, for the news just now. Appreciate the uh, stealing of our thunder, introducing our guests before we even get to uh, introduce ourselves. Aww. There goes the I, secret. I was, I was I was pretty uh, I was pretty happy with that actually. Thanks, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> How much did you pay cool. him? Uh, Twelve. <laughs> I, I didn't realise yeah. our newsies were um were um corruptible, but hey. <laughs> wow, that's, this has gone somewhere very dark very early. Corruption's too strong a word. Uh, true, true. Mm, <laughs> compliant. I don't know. <laughs> Flexible. 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 Flexible newsies. <laughs> <laughs> dot, dot, <laughs> Only on Joy 94.9. Ah, oh, jeez. Um, now, those voices you've heard, you probably recognise all of them. If you don't, you then... You probably don't recognise well, me, let's be honest. That one is... Uh, that voice is J- Jason Murray. Hello, Jason. Hello. All the way from Sydney. Um, Michael is also here with us doing weird Mike, things with Michael's, the microphone. Michael's making, <laughs> Michael's making very strange gestures to me. It's something to do with a mouth and a microphone. Yeah, that's it. You know? <laughs> My name is Mark, of course, and we also have in the studio with us Raina. Hello. Um, that, that's 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 it. That's you know, hello. Yeah. It's, it's it's like a, a chant. Hey, <laughs> Hey, I am not singing. Someone, someone, someone has been renting Beetlejuice recently, haven't they? <laughs> Possibly. Now, um, what are we? Oh, what, actually, before we start, I'm going to say a special shout out to Matt and Kate. Hello, if you're listening, I don't know if you are. I presume you are, uh, but if you are, you should also you should become a member if you're not already a member here on Joy ninety four point nine. That's not just Matt and Kate, actually. That's everyone. No, you? it's Matt and Kate. Oh right, yeah. Oh. But well, others no, as well. No one else <laughs> needs to be a member. <laughs> everyone should become I've, a member. I've been duped. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so. Um, what have we got on the, on the show today? We have lots of good stuff. I, iPhone I, rumors. I, I have very so well-fitting ranty pants. Oh, yes. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Like Ra- Raina actually looked at my pants just then as well. Thank you. <laughs> I will not comment on the fit, but I'm sure there's going to be much rant. And course, we're going to need those ranty pants. Because mm-hmm. um, we're talking about data retention. Uh, the retention of data. How about that with ranty pants? Let's try and make that connection. Hmm? And then mm-hmm. online piracy. Yes. 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 There's no connection between that at all, is there? (laughs) No. But uh, do stay tuned because we will have lots of insight into that. Um, What else are we going to talk about? We've got, yeah, iPhone 6. There's been an announcement by Apple to... uh, 
to tell us that uh, there's a big event coming up in September. Prepare yourselves. Mm-hmm. So that's exciting. Of course, the iPhone rumour mill has just kicked into second gear or maybe fifth gear. I'm not quite sure. Sorry, what was that? I just dozed off. (laughs) (laughs) That that I word. Here we go. Here we go. Actually, we're neatly neatly balanced today. Half, half. Oh, 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 fair and balanced. And just remember, Jason's and mine are bigger than yours. Um, until until the iPhone 6 comes out. That's true. That reminds me of a secret I read earlier in the week um, <laughs> about pant sizes. But not, uh, it, it, And we might actually get a chance, if we have a moment, to talk about secret as well, the app, or, or just generally apps that are available on uh, phones which allow you to uh, talk about things that are, uh, are completely anonymous. Like the secret app, so secret you can app. you can post things on them, and, and it ends up not being told who actually said it, who, mm. who posted it, which that, is kind of cool. That, that was very well put. I, yeah, that was actually really bad in <laughs> way of describing it, but you posted it. We're gonna get better at it towards the end of the show, I'm sure. Uh, what else have we got to talk about? Um, oh, there's a very excellent way of uh, determining speech from looking at a chip packet. Get yeah, get that. <laughs> <laughs> so it's some that, real James Bond stuff right there. All that has to happen is a, a high-speed video taken of a of a chip packet in a room. Mm. Don't, you don't need to know the sound, what the sound's going on. Just observe the vibrations on the packet. The chip packet. And interpret the sounds that are making the vibrations happen on the packet. Mm. Does it work with popcorn packets? I reckon it would work with any uh, suitable they, packet. They pointed it at a plant as well, and it worked on a plant. So mm. Mm. Anyway. The spy plants. Yes. <laughs> One for the tinfoil hat wearers. Anyway, shall we um, move on to some iPhone 6 rumours? May, we may as well get it out of the way, right? Oh, right. I'll, be, I'll be back in the beep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so, so the, the iPhone 6, the, the iPhone 6 rumour mill has gone into overdrive, hasn't it? We, it's, yes. We, we've heard, and as this always. has been a rumour for quite some time, that there's going to be two screen sizes, a 4.7-inch and a 5.5-inch uh, screen size. There's going to be a larger resolution because the screen must maintain the retina quality, mm. uh, which is to say the uh, pixel density. Uh, mm. And apparently there'll be thinner side bezels. There may or may not be sapphire glass coated over the front, which doesn't mean you'll be looking at a sapphire. It's fine. It'll still look like a phone. Um, there'll be a bigger <laughs> battery, which is, would go with a larger screen size because you've got more space inside the phone to put a larger battery in, a more efficient processor and camera improvements, and basically everything that you would expect them to do because they've done it for the last few years. Yeah. You, right. you change things and you make things but better. There's nothing really majorly exciting about these rumours. There's nothing in there. I mean, thinner side bezels, you know, it's kind of um, it's a visual thing, I guess. Um, I, I like the idea of sapphire... Uh, glass. I don't think it's quite possible. In fact, a lot of the rumours or the reporting on the rumours suggests that it's a bit too hard for the manufacturing cycle to ramp up sapphire. I, th- I thought it was more too expensive. Maybe well, it's a bit well, well, yeah. One of, one one of the rumours that's getting around is that there is actually plenty of sapphire glass to be had out there in the market, but that, uh, but that maybe Apple is just going to stick with it anyway. Right for the hell, um, but there are there are plenty. Well, well, of can someone say well, why would you use sapphire glass to protect a phone? Okay, so sapphire is, is um, actually one of the hardest materials next to diamonds. Right. Um, we, we have plenty of products out there in the market already to protect phones from being scratched. And then right. you'd kill all this aftermarket business. 
Ooh. Oh, all those sticky little... No, come on. But Apple has... <laughs> and glass replacement. Apple doesn't have any particular interest in the aftermarket business, right? I mean... Uh, I don't know. Well, Are there any licensing fees to, oh. you know, make <laughs> accessories? Yeah, here's your, here's your glass... I don't know. Here's your glass screen protector made for iPhone. <laughs> yeah. It's... Yeah. Um, oh, what's it's wrong with if, a bit of cling wrap over the front of a screen? It needs glass. <laughs> Yeah, I want a major new feature. I want to. I want. I Apple are sort of resting on their laurels a bit. There's nothing in, in amongst the rumours that's suggesting that it's going to be particularly exciting. I mean, maybe well, a bigger screen would be all right. But what, oh. what about the partnership with IBM for uh, Enterprise? No, we, oh, well, okay. One, we talked about that uh, <laughs> quite recently, and I think our our, our uh, assessment was okay. And. <laughs> And and secondly, I mean, yeah, the iPhone six and all, but they're still really so consumer focused. Of course, yeah. they are. Consumers are buying their phones. Well, yeah, that's the the IBM thing is interesting, but I don't think it's interesting enough to to rock the world on on September sixth. Yeah, September okay. 9th, Sorry, September 9th, That's a big day. Hmm. Set your alarms. Get up early. Do whatever. Wait, that's still a month night. away. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> this is, are you, this, are you new? Ne- are you new in town? This, this next month is going to be really annoying. Right. <laughs> Every iPhone user gets a little notification. 20 more <laughs> sleeps. 19 more sleeps. 18 more sleeps. Ring. It's, um, it's certainly not at all like all of the hype going around about the new Samsung phone earlier this year, though. And that beeping thing. Were you here for the beeping thing, Jason? I don't The beeping thing? Uh, in, in Burke Street, there was a, a, certain <laughs> large, a certain large telco's retail store, which is on a corner a prominent corner, had a loud beeping countdown oh. running for about three weeks. Oh, really? It was, it was like, it was like was the start of 24, for but for the entire month. Oh, <laughs> wait, wait, are you sure it wasn't actually a promo for 24? No, no, no. it was definitely the phone. Mm. Man, I, yeah. Yeah, it... it um, it, it had some massive water feature in the in the window as well. Of course which, it did. Yeah. Well, I, why wouldn't you? That's actually <laughs> the only thing that's missing from Samsung phones at the moment is a water feature. Is it, was it to highlight some feature that allowed it, allowed you to dunk it, your it phone in water? Yes, it was water resistant. Uh, but which, also, which, which means it's not. It, it wasn't because it was copying iOS seven, <laughs> um, but it actually was legitimately water resistant. It, it is pretty spectacular too, and I suppose if you owned one of those displays, you'd be looking for any excuse to lease it out to any prominent place to show it off. Probably was very specky. Mm. You're listening to Techno Guys here on Joy ninety four point nine, where we're covering some of the latest in technology, gadgets, and consumer electronics, and we'll be talking about data retention and the government and getting our ranty pants on Mm-mm. right after this. Love your afternoons, Joy. 94.9. We hope you do love your afternoons here on Joy 94.9. Now, if you do want to get in contact us while we're here in the studio, you can do so by texting us 0427 Joy 949. That's right. We love to hear um, hear messages from the outside of the studio anyway. That's right. In fact, someone very close to outside the studio <laughs> has just written in uh, with a question, and the question is... Uh, hi, Techno Gaze crew. This is from lovely Heath, who is on the front desk today while Mushin is having a lovely day off. Um, I have, for the first time, joined the beta program and upgraded Mavericks, as in Mac OS X, to Yosemite Beta. Um, seem to be stuck. Uh, I won't read the whole thing. Um, but there's an issue using Safari. Can't send the feedback because the feedback advisor won't load and it crashes. Um, what do you suggest? Look, here's the challenge about installing a public beta is that sometimes things just aren't very polished and terrible things can happen. Um, this, is, this is actually the same reason I haven't installed Android L on my Nexus 5. It's a, it's yeah, a, it's exactly. A beta. It's, yeah. yeah, and and 
I mean, I don't think I'll even rush to install it as soon as it actually comes out for real either. I'm going to be giving it a couple of days just to make sure because I only have one Mac now. It's not like I have a fallback Mac that I can, uh, you know, rely on. Um, fallback Mac. A fallback Mac. And it's it's like, a, it actually oh, first, sounds, sounds first, like an 80s TV show. Fallback Mac. It does. It sounds like some sort of <laughs> rugged Canadian of hero. Yes. <laughs> fallback Mac. The fallback MacGyver. <laughs> fallback MacGyver. He's got, a, he's got a mullet and all. So, yeah, if, you, if any of you are out there using Yosemite... I would love to hear what you guys think. I'm sure that everybody else does too. Um, the thing about so you should it totally is, write to us. Yeah, absolutely. And and as making the point, you know, it you really can only wait until the next release of that beta comes out to fix it to mm, to yeah. potentially fix it. Hopefully, they've picked up the issue and and figured it out. Mm. But um, you know, they're, you're they're, out of support. I mean, it's not really sort of. Uh, There's always email. If, yeah. If you go into the Apple Store, they'll probably likely say need to restore to back up. But That's I'm, right. I'm sure being a public beta, they're actually collecting feedback from people as well. So yeah. surely there's like a website that you can go and put all uh, this stuff in. If you can't use the feedback advisor, yes, there's, there's <laughs> probably some other way to deal with it. Isn't the feedback advisor some component of the operating system, whereas if you just like log on to... You know, like yeah. OSX Yosemite there beta feedback.tumblr.com or slash apple.gov. That's right. Um, but yeah, that's that's the usual thing. Um, yes. It's... Uh, We're getting lots of love in the, uh, in, on the SMS front. Thank you, Kate. <laughs> and, and thank you, Shannon, for your report on, uh, on glow-in-the-dark sheep. Hmm. <laughs> this is what happens when I sit away from the screen and I can't see what's going on. From across the other side of the ditch, from the we've ditch. got glowing, glowing the dark sheep. That's fantastic. Should we talk about some more um, topics? Let's talk about terrible things going on in you the know, world. Jason came here specifically with his ranty pants. Yeah. Right. We don't want to <laughs> put these to waste. Before we put the ranty pants on or get them to use, let's uh, talk about Russia, Russian bloggers for a quick moment, shall okay, we? Okay. No, I can get my ranty pants on about this. This is disgraceful. <laughs> Just, uh, Jason, hand your ranty pants over. <laughs> Just for yeah. a second. Comrade Reno, we have your anti-pants right here. Yes, and you know where I am because... We, we, we have custom-built them in exactly your size. You did not even have to give them to us because you have registered. That's right, that's right. Oh, my God. Um, so, in, in Russia... Um, We've talked about this a little bit before, so you must register now if you are in Russia, you are a blogger, you must be registered the way that you would be as a journalist. If, if you in have Russia. more than 3,000 readers. If you yes. have more than 3,000 readers. So yeah. if you're a blogger uh, with fans. Did you hear what Live Journal did as a response? No idea. So li- Live Journal, where. On li- Which is in Russia. You log, you log in and you, you see the dashboard, you see how many people are following you and reading your thing. If you're in Russia, Live Journal will only report 2,500 plus. But the Russian government, and I can't do a Russian accent, said that we why, have ways, because we have ways of knowing how many people are accessing your site. So it doesn't matter what numbers you put up there, oh. we can tell. They, right. must, they must have the metadata. Oh. Now, here's another thing I, that they want to do. I think they probably have the content as well. They probably do. Certainly, well, Live Journal now is, is owned by a Russian company, isn't it? It used to be US. The um, the other thing that's worthwhile knowing about being a blogger in Russia as well is that if you do have lots and lots of readers and so on, um, you can voluntarily sign up, but it is mandatory if uh, if they tell you to, and also you have to have your real name, etc. in there, which makes it a little bit tricky if you are reporting on things that maybe you're not... Uh Sounds very, um, what's the word? Um, Totalitarianism. I don't, I, don't, I, I don't really understand how it is that someone just doesn't go out and just create a Tumblr and start posting on it. And you know, even if they're even if they're in Russia, like Tumblr, 
wouldn't be beholden to Russian law. You know, IP address right. tracking, so on and so forth. Hey, let's talk about metadata and what's <laughs> what happens when connections are made already, from one place to another. I already tried to push the conversation in that direction. Yes, I you know, did. You, you, you may not have noticed. It might have been too subtle. <laughs> and what's I, that? And I metadata? Meta, metadata? You really are enjoying those pants, aren't you? I know. They do fit you so well. Thank you. So, of course, this is in relation to a ridiculous... Um, parade of, of politicians throughout the week. We, we actually need to give the segment its proper name from the run sheet. Oh, yes. Uh, oh right. Old yes. Old dudes making it clear they know nothing about the internet <laughs> or indeed get the case they're trying to prosecute. Oh, so snappy that will catch on. <laughs> old white dudes are scared of the internet. Ah, old man yells at cloud. Old man actually yells literally at yells at cloud <laughs> in this case. <laughs> but so eloquently as well. The words no, just flow so smoothly. Okay. Right. So, so what are we talking about? What's the poop? George Brandis, our lovely Attorney General, and of course Tony Abbott, our lovely Prime Minister, tried to get on, on the airways this week and tried to explain their proposed changes to metadata retention laws. Now, isn't it always when a new government gets in or even an old government sort of gets... Back in to yeah. Uh, well, well one, of the, one of the other happens every election. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so pretty much all the time, yeah. there's some politician saying, "Hey, let's try and track more internet users' data." Why? What is the purpose? And it's uh, so. I guess they're talking about terrorism now, and it's oh, what of, a of course they're talking perfect about time to do that with all the stuff that's going on in the world today. Mm. Um, and they're now saying that uh, they want to keep quote, metadata, unquote, but they weren't very clear about what that metadata is. And not, not only were they not clear, as in, it wasn't not clear as in, don't worry, populace of Australia, don't worry. It was more like, and this happened on, on Sky, mm. um, there's, there's old mate Brandis going, metadata, well, you see, it's, it's stuff about what you're doing, but it's not what you're doing, but it's these things. And it's also those things, and it was seriously, I think. Yeah, it was like those things that are actually considered data or content according to ASIO and in fact ASIO and um, the Australian Federal Police put out a, a statement on Thursday or something trying to clarify everything. It's like, yeah, it's like don't, don't worry about this silly old do, fool, let's tell you what we really want. Do, do we have an example? Do we have an audible example of some of the things that were going on? I think um, I think we could post one on our Facebook page if we don't quite have one. Yeah. Yes. But the, so the talk the talk is about web page browsing, and of course the internet usage is not just about um, the web. Of course, it's it's more than that. But to use the example of browsing the web, um, as much as uh, our attorney general did get a little bit confused, um, yeah. it seems yes. that what they actually want to retain is the IP addresses of the connections that are made. Yep. So when you connect to a website, um, the IP address of actually like the sorry. actual the actual server that has the website on it has an IP address. Yes, and they want to collect that. Yep. And when you did it. Yep. And um, so the, on. The other aspect is that I think Malcolm Turnbull, who's much more eloquent when it comes to technical explanations, he Wishes. he was making the point that in fact it's the IP, your own IP address that needs to be retained. So when I connect to the internet, I get a dynamic IP address. It might change over time, over you know, the course of two or three days. Uh, and this, this is when people start explaining that it's actually, it's not a truck, it's a series of tubes and a whole bunch of other stuff. So <laughs> it was just getting more and more crazy as the week went on with people going, I think it's this. No, I think it's that. No, I think it's something else. And, you know, it's more like uh, collecting an envelope. Now, but 
let's talk about metadata for a minute, though, because it sounds like we're talking about something that's possibly not a huge problem. But what really is um, a problem is that um, when you when you are collecting metadata without a warrant, which is what they want to be able to do as well, they want mm. to be able to look at that, yeah. and they can already do that. I think. Um, uh, apparently, apparently they can because uh, we've yeah. heard th- we've heard this week that uh, if the police did not have access to metadata, in some cases they wouldn't have solved them. So right, they so they've have already got it. That's mm. right. But they want ISPs to maintain that store of data even longer. And the thing is, all of that data builds up a pretty amazing picture of what's going on, even if they can't tell what you're doing. The EFF has a really great example of this. They I've, say I've got it up in front of me. You've got it up. Why don't you yeah. read it out? So the EFF had a slide. This is from late last year in a presentation. It was on why metadata matters. EFF being the Electronic, the Electronic Frontiers, Frontiers, Frontiers Foundation. Fun- yep. Well, I think we fumbled that fairly well. Electronic <laughs> Frontiers Foundation. Indeed. So why metadata matters. They know you rang a phone sex service at 2.24am and spoke for 18 minutes, but they don't know what you talked about. Uh-huh. <laughs> they the know. Possibly. Mm. They know you called the suicide prevention hotline from the Golden Gate Bridge. The topic of the call remains a secret. That's right. They know you spoke with an HIV testing service, then your doctor, then your health insurance company in the same hour, but they don't know what was discussed. Mm. That's why that's dangerous. That's why that's really dangerous because you can find out, and I mean, you might you be looking at that going. You can infer many things from metadata. You can infer amazing things from metadata, and yeah, those are all pretty pretty specific examples that don't happen to you every day. But there are plenty of things that do happen to you every day. They might know that you're in a relationship with somebody because you contact them a certain amount of times. Hmm. They might know from other kind of metadata about like maybe you're doing some online shopping for things. Uh, so they might be able to infer things about you know your lifestyle based on where you do your shopping. Or they might be able to infer that you uh, you might have some, you know, attitudes about money or whatever because you're looking up certain websites about loans or banking or or any of those sorts of things or financial counselling services. Like. Also, so it's interesting you say that though because um, we keep getting told repeatedly that they're going to be they'll be wanting to capture the IP addresses of websites, but not your web browsing history. Right now, Apparently. not. Not every website has its own IP address. This is correct. I have a website and it shares the same IP address as it shares the same hosted server um, option as, I think, 380 other websites. But it just seems really sort of interesting. And, and there was such a, an amount of la- – well, sorry, a lack of clarity. Mm. Oh, we don't want the website that you're looking at. We just want the address of the website you're looking at. Well, what's the difference? In, so in many cases there is no difference. Um, I mean, in, I mean obviously in you know in the case of uh, businesses operating their own websites on their own infrastructure, then you know it tends sure. to be one one IP per site. But uh, yeah, no. On in, in terms of like hosted blogs and things like that, they will all share one or a few different IPs. Right. So they don't know. And I think one of the examples that was getting around on the Guardian uh, earlier in the week was you could be looking at cutekittycats dot com or you could be looking at facebookforterrorists.com. dot com. Mm. Like it could be either one of those things. Um, I think Michael but I think had the- a good example of uh, a business that he was planning to start <laughs> earlier. Yeah, I was going to have a mix of you know legitimate businesses and terrorist sites and just come into the same IP address and no one would be able to tell. Right. But the biggest thing is that um, it means that a whole lot of law enforcement agencies will have access to this metadata without the need to get any permission or any oversight. So, you know, it's one thing if they want to go and have a look for something specific 
and therefore you go through a process where you document what, what you're doing and why you're doing it. And the other thing is if you're going on a fishing trip mm. or somebody just feels like, you know, from a personal little investigation to go in and have a look at things. Circumstantial evidence, right? Mm. Now, earlier uh, yesterday, so there was a bit of a briefing. Um, again, we, we heard from uh, some folks from ASIO and the AFP as well. And uh, the Deputy Commissioner, actually, from, from the AFP, his name's Andrew Colvin, he was saying that they weren't necessarily that interested in the destination, just just the other bit, the bit on your end. Mm. We had a message in it by, appropriately by, from an anonymous person. <laughs> an anonymous texter says. We don't, do know your, your phone number. We're not, we're not allowed to read it out on it. <laughs> but uh, the point is made, uh, Google knows all anyway, so what's the problem? Well, no, no, you, Google doesn't know all. The NSA does. It will, <laughs> That's right. Th- and this is a distinction. So Google does have its mitts in a very large part of the internet, as in pretty much every single web page known to man. But they are a private entity. They have their own um, agreements with you as a user. This is we're talking about the government here. They're they've got they're giving themselves the right to access this information across the board. So it's not just a single entity. And sure, Google are you know a pretty big entity anyway. But it, they just really deal in the web. Mm. So what about other metadata that might be... Well, they don't um, just deal in the web, though. I mean, Google deals in your phone and your email and a whole bunch of other things as well. But the thing is, you can opt out of Google if you want. I know it's really hard, but you can. Mm. This is mandatory metadata to be held by the government for a a number of months um, forever by your ISP. Yes. You can't opt out of someone's ISP, I guess. No, that's right. And and, and the problem is that um, by... The government aggregating it, they get to see everything, whereas Google, like you said, Mark, has just got a very sort of narrow um, snapshot of mm. what you've been doing. And, and you can also use uh, mechanisms on your own computer to circumvent what Google know and don't know. So, you know, yeah. being uh, the client, you can actually do um, a whole bunch of things to stop that, whereas you can't stop the government from collecting that information from your ISP. No. Mm, anyway, um, yes, lots well, of randiness. Well, assuming, these, assuming all these laws pass, you won't be able to stop it. Correct. So Correct. if you do want to stop it now, what can you do? Vote uh, this government out. Yeah. Well, that'll be handy now. because there's an election. <laughs> Wait, no, there is If isn't. there's an election. Uh. I think we need to um, air out Jason's ranty pants. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's do that. We'll, we'll do that while we're not actually talking. So we'll be back with more Watch in a few moments. <laughs> You're listening to Techno Gaze on Joy 94.9. Techno Gaze here on Joy 94.9. I love it when, um, when the modem sound is used. We use it in our podcast introduction, don't we? Nostalgic, isn't it? Hmm. When was the last time any of the four of us actually had a modem that made that sound? <laughs> Who remembers Hayes Command Set? I do. ATDT. Do you also remember the phone numbers of the BBSs I, that you used to call? Because uh, I, I kind of do. No. I know I know one of them started with a 9576. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to read out the rest of that number because it could be someone else's number. That would be, that'd be bad. Am I allowed to show my age? Mm-hmm. The first modem I had wasn't a, an, a normal modem. It was an acoustic coupler. So you took the handset from your telephone <laughs> and you plugged it into these two little rubber suction yes. cups. <laughs> Come on, Michael. We've all seen war games. <laughs> True. Yeah, what, what is it used for now? Rubber, rubber suction cups? Are, I, I don't know what yeah. you'd recycle them for. <laughs> I have no idea. While we're... While we're um, <laughs> Taking a <laughs> the War Games references just landed with Rainer. No, 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 I, know, I got it. I got it. <laughs> um, I was laughing at you pointing at me going, hey. 
Very special shout out as well to Kent and David for liking us on uh, Facebook. That's right. And possibly Rob as well, if we didn't mention you last week. Hello, Rob, for liking us on Facebook as well. If you, if you, if you like you us like. on Facebook now, we will give you a personal shout out in a, in a very low and sultry voice. <laughs> hey. You'll have to, you'll hey. have to record this we'll for have us. To, yeah, we'll get you to record them. <laughs> yeah, well, okay. Well, we, we can do that right now. Hey, hey there. Listener. Insert name here. <laughs> hey, we really appreciate you liking us on Facebook. Thanks for thanks very much and tell your friends. Now, that was actually, that was the topic of one of my favourite sort of email forwards and, and blog things that was going around earlier in the week is a really insincere apology from an airline going, hello, passenger. Oh, <laughs> yes. Oh, just the worst. I mean, remember mail merge, people? Yeah, so my, my, my favourite favorite, uh, you know, poor action by an airline at the moment was last time I flew down, there was a, a certain, a certain uh, company flew us down, delivered us to the tarmac in Melbourne and then said, oh, um, yeah, you're gonna have to wait about. Uh, you're gonna have to wait about ten minutes for the stairs to come out now. But here's some music instead, and they played Happy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not so bad. Did the staff dance along? No, but I think I, I think the uh, the glares from people as they got off the plane were probably happy enough. <laughs> you know, I, I used to I used to fly an airline that used to do that a lot, but with black fingernails, red wine, and they'd be like. You, if you want to get there, you've got to go straight down. <laughs> it's like, oh. oh, no. But onwards, onwards with tech. Are we talking about stuff. tech? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. We're no. talking about chips. Scientists. Chips. chips. I want chips. Science chips. Yeah. They've figured out how to reconstruct speech through soundproof glass by watching a bag of potato chips. Right. There's an excellent YouTube clip. Um, I'm sh- what, what would we Google for if we um, if we needed this slow mo uh, potato chips? Well, it's it's MIT <laughs> MIT turning recorded vibrations back into speech. So I guess All you that. could just say MIT. <laughs> you could just I'm sure you can actually find it on the MIT website. Yeah. Um, so it's it's actually using a, a very high speed camera pointed through some glass and through a soundproof glass, in fact, at a um, some potato chips. The video actually has like the use of certain tones, so it's a very sort of clear distinction. You know, it's it's not like speech as such from the first instance, anyway. Um, to 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 reconstruct this sound, but basically what it what it does, this high speed camera, because it's looking at the vibrations in the in the chip packet, mm. it right. figures out that uh, this is the actual sound, and so they have a then a r- repeating of the sound. Of course, um, and because that's all that sound is. It's just air vibrating, and you can't really always see air vibrating, but you can certainly see chip packets and plants. And I am not I, concerned about this in the slightest in my household because there would not be a packet of chips sitting on the table not being touched. <laughs> <laughs> because I think if you put your hand inside it, it disrupts the vibrations. <laughs> I, have, I have a question as well. It's really important. Are we talking about, like, foil or plastic? I don't... I think it was... Foil, by the looks of is it, the is it that video, plasticky foil-backed stuff that chip packets are made out of now. Mm, maybe, I, I found maybe. it hard to tell. It's um, they were they were fifteen feet away as well, which I thought was amazing, and they could just use a regular old camera to do that. They didn't need a special. Yes, so the second demonstration was actually a, a sixty frames per second webcam that was used, and they without actually minutely. Uh, analyzing every single little vibration, they could make deduction on the vibration from the the sixty frames that were were available to them, and mm. um, could could reconstruct a lower, much lower quality version of the audio. So, so can they get? Can they then access the metadata about that conversation? <laughs> they know you ate chips, but they don't know what you were thinking. They don't about. know what flavor they were. <laughs> Do they know where the potatoes came from, though? 
Oh, well, I don't know. It, it, it maybe depends they, which way the ship packet is You actually need to trace the origin IP of the uh, chips. <laughs> well, in the Internet of Things, potatoes will have RFID tags on them. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, interesting one. We yeah, Feel free to Google it. MIT, chip packet, sound, reconstruction. I'm sure it would uh, would find it. Some nice one to, to keep you busy for so, so Saturday I'm, afternoon. I'm looking at the video and like it's kind of cool but it's also really dull because you're just watching a chip <laughs> and In fact, if you, if you look at the video and you, you want to know what they're actually saying, they're repeating, Mary had a little lamb its fleece was white as snow. This is the thing as well. So the, the experiment was done with known words. So it's kind of, especially with the speech reconstruction mm. component. Aren't most words known? Yeah, but the, <laughs> the phrase the phrase is also known. So how well it would be used, usable for um, you know, constructing speech when when you don't know what is actually being said because you hear the the playback of the reconstructed speech and it does sound a bit garbled. How good would it be in every circumstance? Well, I, I think part of the experiment was that they could use information that they didn't already know. Right. Okay. Yep. Any truth to the rumor they were sponsored to do this? By who? I wonder who would sponsor them. A oh, chip good maker or something? <laughs> oh, imagine that as a, as a bit of a sales pitch, though. It's like, well, you know, buy our chips. You they won't talk have, to you. So actually, ASIO won't be recording your metadata. You can't identify the chip packet in the, uh, in the uh, video. So I think that... Uh, well, actually, you probably can. It shows the barcode. From now, from now on, security measures involve eating chips that may be available to you, right? right so right if now, you're going right. to have a conversation that um, you know may be recorded, make sure you're eating potato chips at the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Raina's got some sea salt chocolate with I her do. today. I um, can't really make it make a chip sound, though. <laughs> no, that's because it's hot chips. This is like every time, every time your mum told I, I, you I've not seen... to eat with your mouth full, like now, jeez, oh, if you just so, if you care about your safety. Don't eat with your mouth full. It's very hard to eat otherwise. Sorry, don't talk with your mouth full. <laughs> So I've, I've I've observed the metadata on your uh, your food packet, and I've concluded that it is not chips. It is not chips. Well done. Well <laughs> oh, done. Jeez. Um, shall we talk about piracy for no, a little bit? No, no, no. Arr- piracy. because oh, this is the other thing George Brandis has been busy with. Who wants the ready pants? Because, Austra- because Australia is the worst online pirate in the world. Uh, actually, so sorry, I think you might mean we're the best online pirates in the world. <laughs> no, okay. That's right. Sorry, very quick ranty pants. This was based on a study conducted by PwC who were commissioned to do so by um, the Australian Copyright Council, so no vested interest. And when they looked at the value of copyright in the economy, which works out to be something like um, employs 900,000 people, 8% of the workforce, $90 billion billion a year, Mm. they included things as, you know, authors and writers, which is probably fair enough, translators, newspapers, magazines, libraries... You know, furniture makers, toy game manufacturers, because there's some... Furniture uh, makers? Yeah, because they're sort of allied sort of industry. So there's a portion of, of that. Oh, so- really? It gets better. Software developers. Oh. So if you're a software development house, your contribution to the economy is part of the calculation of what the impact is. I would wager a bet that the majority of people who work in a software development house might well be the people circumventing copyright laws. Well, that's the problem. But I mean... Oh. But you get things like art galleries, <laughs> picture framers. Right. Mm-hmm. But, okay, so thinking about that, though, so, it, look, this this is just the latest in, in a long series of, of amazing claims about how much it actually costs, right? So $90 billion and 900,000 people employed in the industry who are at risk from that. A couple of years ago, there was another study from Oxford Economics for AFACT, who are, you know, the Australian Federation Against Copyright Theft, mm-hmm. um, who obviously care a lot about that. They were saying, like, it was one point something billion. Um, there are other studies elsewhere in the world that say that it's peanuts 
compared to the actual increase in value that you get yep. from from hyping everybody up about well, your let's also and stuff. recall that none none of these uh, industries are you know having a massive downturn i mean aren't, aren't, exactly. aren't movie companies making money hand over fist at the moment they, it is the best time to be making movies ever in the history of the world right now well if you read this report the value in terms of percentage of gdp is decreasing rapidly over the last 15 years yeah. But in the la- but in terms of absolute dollars, remains the same. So, so here's a question: uh, that so you're saying that the the value that they're reporting that they've earned, uh, the, the, no, the value of all of these industries together, yeah. you know, of your movie makers and your so libraries the, the value, and your the value toy of makers. the industry, as in like their reported revenue. Yeah, the, yes, yes, yeah. Okay, so does this actually take into account the fact that all of these companies are like offshoring things to Does, escape tax doesn't take like doesn't take into account offshoring doesn't take into account the fact that the gdp which is influenced by mining where we've had a boom boom over the last 15 years is growing all these type of things i have a problem the connection that they're making th- so oh think of the industry as in all of these industries and by the way piracy is ruining it for everyone that right, is a I'm- massive leap right it's it's like the the you know we're over here we've gone 10 kilometers over that way and don't let's talk about the massive cuts to funding to filmmakers to game manufacturers mm. to arts in general all of these things that the government should be supporting and supporting our creators and then they go oh but it's all piracy's fault. No, it's not. Yeah. I, I suspect that the technology, the disintermediation component of the industry as well is is a big part of it. I mean, if, if they are actually losing money or, you know, compared to GDP, then perhaps they need to look at what market forces are causing that. And perhaps something that they need to do is actually look at what people are willing to pay for the product. Hmm. Well, I yeah. don't think a lot of people are buying stuff on... Um, on the likes of you know iTunes or, or Big Pond Music or any of those kind of yeah. um, music uh, content distribution networks because it costs too much. That's part of it. But the other thing is a lot of the content's just not available to us in Australia. Mm. There was a great story on The Reckoner, which I'm going to chuck up on our Facebook, actually, because it's a great link, um, that talked about, you know, the the sort of what TV was available, how long the delay was, what, whether or not it was free or, or, you know, available to get some other way. And, uh, yeah, it's just, it's not pretty. It's mm. not pretty at all. Mm. Shall we take a breather? We should. It we is. need some pants to be aired. <laughs> Again, uh, 16 minutes to one. You're listening to Techno Gaze on Joy 94.9. Techno Gaze. More of your favourite shows. Joy 94.9. Is this one of your favourite shows? I hope so. This is my favourite show. This is my favourite Techno Gaze show of the week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? Oh, the whole sweet. week. Yeah. <laughs> but if you like listening to more Techno Gaze shows during the week, you can also listen to our podcast. You can. You can. Joy.org.au slash technogaze is a place to go. Or iTunes or corroboration of the podcast's existence there. Well done. (laughs) You can. You can. You can. can. It is there. (laughs) Everyone can. Um, We're talking about uh, piracy, of course, and uh, in particular there's – you know, a lot of talk about the government trying to crack down on piracy and, and, um, you know, make it required that – uh, ISPs forward information on to their users if they are suspecting people of piracy. Um, if you want to pa- make a public submission to the consultation on online piracy, 
Uh, we're going to it's there's a submission site the ag.gov.au which is the attorney general's website has a um, a place there to do it. Uh, we'll we'll tweet yes. the address in a if, few minutes. If he in fact knows how to use the internet, he might even read it. I'm sure he's got staff to do <laughs> okay, it. It's no. okay. He'll know exactly what you've written already. I, I suspect <laughs> he'll get a whole bunch of paper of the printouts of the damn. Oh, he'll uh, he'll get some policy. He doesn't like even do have it. a computer on his desk. Can you believe that? That's ridiculous. Anyway, so what you can do is you can jump on that website. You can uh, check out a discussion paper and then you can provide your responses about what it is that they're thinking about. So if you've got any strongly held opinions, which I know we certainly do with our pants, we're going to keep our pants on and uh, we are going to spend some time uh, maybe talking about it on air a little bit more in the future. But if you want to have your say and you don't have a radio station to, (laughs) to be on, this is a great way to get your voice out as well. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to try and jump us to a, a little bit of a quick discussion later on in the run sheet because we just pointed out the fact that the, the Attorney General does not have a computer on his desk. Mm. One of our topics later in the run sheet is, could you do 80% of the work of your work on an iPad? Right, good um, question. Does he have so an iPad? So does he have an iPad or sitting indeed- in a desk drawer and that he's actually doing 80% of his job on? That he hides it whenever somebody walks in. <laughs> Oh. He's got a lot of paper on his desk. I, I did. Yeah, you could I, you could slip a tablet under under all that paper, like in a yeah, hurry. I yeah. suppose this maybe, is maybe not a first gen iPad. Maybe maybe a third. You know. I hey, think, real talk though. I don't think I could do eighty percent of my work on an iPad. I don't think could I you? could either. I need a, I need keyboard and screen real estate. Mm. Yeah. So it's a similar argument that we get into around Chromebooks as well, because people think that Chromebooks can replace you know uh, a PC or a Mac and. I couldn't do most of the stuff... Well, not most. I couldn't do a lot of the stuff that I do on a Chromebook because I actually need apps that run locally and do things that aren't in a browser, but a lot of people do. I think that... um the, those amongst us here in the studio anyway are, are likely to be, you know, your more, quote, power user, unquote, and need to be able to do a bit more with your computers than, than just, uh, just writing... browsing the web. Uh, yeah. yeah. And... It, it is horses for courses, and it always is when choosing a new new um, device for your for your use at home or at work. Uh, make sure that you choose the device that's appropriate to to do yeah. it. And I mean, if if pretty much all you do all day is um, update Facebook, you know, keep an eye on your your mum and dad or whatever, and maybe bash out the occasional email, then okay, great. I like the thought of uh, bashing out the occasional email. <laughs> Right. Yeah. You, so know what I mean? you want a punching bag Some keyboard? Is that what you're saying? No, no. I was, I was, I was, Dear I was, George I, Brandis. I just thought the little Unix bash reference. Actually, everyone should reference. bash out an email to George Brandis. That's okay. Yes. Mm. Now, what should time is it, Jason? Oh, 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 let me let, check my magical watch here. Check my magical watch on my no, wrist. No one, can, no one can see this. But no one can see. Yeah, no, that's fine. It's, Jay, what it's do you awesome. have on your wrist? It's fantastic radio. Jason is, is well-renowned for his gadgetry. I, I, apparently I am now. Huh? <laughs> you should be as so, well. On my wrist, I have uh, a, an Android Wear watch. <gasps> an Android Wear watch. Hmm. That, that was, that Sorry. was amazing. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just, I'm just hanging for... Anyway. Um, so, 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 yeah. Wearable computing, it's, it's the now. It's here. It's now. It's all happening. It's mm. um, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. What does it do? So, um, so basically, I- it displays the notifications from your phone, right? Which, if you remember, like about sort of oh, like twelve or eighteen months ago, I got to have a bit of a play with Google Glass and came in and told a run about it. And at the time, I said that I felt like uh, a lot of the things that you would see on the screen in Google Glass, uh, you would sort of like be swiping through them like cards, and they make a lot more sense if it was actually on a watch. That's what this does. 
It, it puts all of your notifications on your watch. You can swipe through them, you can open them, and if you have an app that's been updated to be aware of uh, of the existence of Android wearables, then you can actually interact with it on the on the watch and do a few more things. So uh, instead of just seeing the fact that you've received a message in Hangouts, you can actually reply and uh, speak your response, and uh, it will voice to text it. Sometimes it will even get it right, and it'll put it into <laughs> Hangouts. Like, I've had some hilarious, hilarious mislistens. Like uh, Michael and I were trying earlier to um, join 94.9 does not compute it, it, it computed twice out of about 10 times it, it was something like join 94.9 and mm. other, yeah other times it didn't get didn't get it right the the voice recognition on android wear seems to be slightly mm. fallible it needs to be better now, there's a bunch of these watches getting out which one have you got so uh this is the lg g watch yeah there's and also the samsung gear live and motorola's moto 360 is coming later this year now the moto 360 everyone's been talking about that over the last few days because it's it's not it shouldn't be that strange considering that every watch that i own has a round face but it's got a round face yeah but it has a round screen it has a round a screen yes as a face that's but kind of the cool thing there's very few round screens in technology Right, right. Most how, of the other ones, obviously, are square. How do they even do that? Because it's like pixels are square, aren't they? Mm. they I guess they get some sandpaper out and <laughs> I, I, <laughs> shave them off. I think, I think the, the the pixels end at the the curve. But yeah, that, that's that's kind of thing. It's kind of mind blowing. It yeah, it's a round screen. It looks it looks very cute. Now with the notifications, does the actual uh, watch vibrate so you can tell when you've got a notification? Yes, the watch vibrates, but there's no speaker. Right. Um, so it's just a haptic type feedback. Yeah, it's a haptic feedback when you get a notification. Uh, it's kind of hilarious that um, now that people get notifications on their wrist, if you say go out to dinner with your parents and you're in the middle of like a, a big conversation on Hangouts, mm. you might end up looking at your watch a lot, and then your parents get annoyed because they think that you just don't want to be there, which is why you're looking at your watch a lot. <laughs> but it's less intrusive than pulling out your phone and sort of scrolling through that. I actually kind of think that people have gotten people have gotten used to people pulling out their phones and checking them. Mm. We're not used to people checking their watch a lot and we still see that as a sign of, you know, just uncomfortableness and wanting to get out of there. You really do need the retina implant so that it's completely hidden from uh, everyone else, don't you? Yeah, totally. And then people will just wonder why you're like, you know, winking and, you know, shaking your head and nodding your head and they'll just think that you've, you know, you've contracted something. Mm. Now, this is one message for you, Michael. Uh, stop <laughs> roping me into this just because I am forward thinking and ask all of these questions up at front. Really? Well, a, a texter has texted in. His name's Dave. He says, does this mean you can grinder on your wrist? So uh, you've so beaten Michael to Michael's favourite question. So it was asked ages ago, days ago. I believe, <laughs> I believe when we started talking about Android, where it was a, a couple of months ago, Michael asked the question if you can if you can use Grinder on your wrist. The answer at the time was that um, something like Tinder is probably better suited to to running on your on your wrist because you can flick because you can flick left yep. and right. And there is in fact a, a Tinder extension for Android Wear now that lets you flick left and right. Thank goodness for that. I do have a question, but I think it's probably best suited to Thursday night, ten o'clock. All oh, right. <laughs> Does it respond? No. No. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know what's going on. Hey. I, I, but I'm now going to listen on Thursday night at 10 o'clock. I don't know what's going on. That's assuming we get invited on to uh, <laughs> hide and seek. Hide and seek again. I think we should be. I don't be. know if we will be. Um, now, Jason, you've been to London before, haven't you? I have. Um, how would you like to be able to pay for the London buses from your phone? 
And, oh, and I wow. don't mean sticky taping your Oyster card to the back of the phone. <laughs> well, so this is actually this is actually an interesting thing. Is um, this is one of the new features that um, Android's had in for a little while? The ability to do what they call NFC host card emulation. There's, there is actually one financial institution in Australia that now lets you uh, tap and pay with a Nexus Five oh, or, yes. or with any Android phone that has has NFC in it that's running KitKat or later. Mm. Um, you can actually you know walk up to Coles and. You know, tap your phone. I, I, I kind of find it hilarious that cashiers just freak out. And <laughs> you tap your phone on the, on the thing and it beeps, and it's like, what did you just do to my, my card reader? What, what, what happened? I paid you. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you, you can do that now. And it is interesting. The, the company behind that is uh, it's a financial services company called Cuskill. Mm. And they when, they when they introduced it earlier in the year, they said that they were looking at actually extending it to cover Opal card, which is our version the of Sydney Mikey one. up in Sydney. Mm. Um, so very soon we might actually be able to use our phones to tap on and off uh, at, at Sydney train stations as well. Haven't we come a long way? Like if only that would be implemented here in Melbourne mm-hmm. um, to you know come from this place where Mikey was like the new big thing to just be able to you know choose what device you, well, you Mikey, tap on. With. Mikey takes to- so long to tap on and tap off. I'd be afraid my phone battery would drain between <laughs> when I tap I like it. That. And it's like tap. Oh, well, imagine I've. Um, my phone has often run out of battery while I've been on the train because uh, it's getting a bit old and sad. This is an excellent point, actually, because it does need to be online to do it. Yeah. Maybe the Mikey base stations could have built-in wireless chargers. Ah. That would be nice. Mm. Um, it's four, four minutes to one. Don't you hate it when the time changes when you're looking at the clock? <laughs> you're listening to Techno Gaze. We're running out of time, but uh, we'll come back in a few moments with a wrap-up of the show. Techno Gaze. Joy. Techno here on Joy 94.9. We've come to that part of the show where it is the end for another week. <laughs> the end oh. is nigh. That part. That part of the show. Hey, so what if I told you, mm. or if I asked you to guess who is set to make an enormous amount of cash from app development this year? Would you be thinking of some, you know, bespectacled dude wearing dockers and a polo shirt in Silicon Valley? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, or maybe maybe if you're thinking about, you know, the bird game, the flappy bird game, you know, a mm. nice fellow in, in Vietnam. Yep. You know, yep. doing it out of yep. his backyard. Yep. No, I'm here to tell you that it's Kim Kardashian. Oh, that's it. I'm going. <laughs> Kim Kardashian. I'm is, glad you did this at the end of the show. <laughs> has her name and her face and her likeness attached to this game called Kim Kardashian Hollywood. And she, just just for being involved in it from that small extent, is is set to net about $45 million from this game. To, to be fair, it's kind of, it's it's you know, like you say her name and likeness has been loaned to the game. It is the first two name, first two words in the title. No, no, no. But that, that's okay. So she didn't, as far as I know, actually sit down with a keyboard and, and smash out a bit of Objective C. Isn't it's she like, a Coco programmer? <laughs> Everybody Wait, seems to be a Coco programmer No, but my favourite Twitter account at the moment is Infosec Taylor Swift. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's amazing. Oh, bless. That's all we've got time for <laughs> today. Follow. If you missed any part of the show or perhaps you would like to peruse previous episodes, you can do so by jumping onto joy.org.au slash technogaze. Coming up next is a Joy News Bulletin with Tim Lennox, and right after that will be Pete with uh, with Cravings, the nudie foodie, of course. Thank you very much, Jason, for coming to Melbourne, especially to do the show. Oh, Tays, I'd, I'd do it any time. In fact, I may do it next week. <laughs> <laughs> Two weeks in a row. Awesome. Uh, Michael, thank you very much for pushing buttons. Thank you. Raina, thank you very much for having purple hair. <laughs> As always. <laughs> My name's Mark. Hope you have a great weekend. We'll catch you next week. Technical gaze.
on Joy 94.9. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.